With firm footing on land and a hacksaw in his hand, the diver finally got through a corner of the pouch and saw why he had had so much trouble out in the water. Someone had laced the rubber throughout with wire netting. Inside were two thin books in waxy covers. They chipped easily with the fingernail. The pages were typed. The language was German. There were charts and numbers. Everyone watching him cut open the pouch said it had to be from the sunken U-boat, and therefore belonged in the U.S. Naval Museum at the War College on Route 114 in Newport, because that U-boat was part of the Second World War. It was history. Like Gettysburg and the French Revolution, you know, ancient, said the diver when he delivered the pouch. He was 22 years old. Not that ancient, said the curator. He was 62. He had fought in that war. He gave it to the intelligence officer at the war college for identification. The young officer, an Annapolis graduate who had done sea duty, knew something was wrong immediately. The books themselves made eminent sense for something found near a sunken U-boat. First, the charts did divide the Atlantic coast into grids from Fort Lauderdale to Newfoundland. And secondly, it was the Dunitz Code, established as separate from the main German code early in the war by Gross Admiral Karl Dunitz, commander of the U-boats. But they were not for a ship, especially during a war. No ship would dare carry codes like that, not in a pouch that was laced with wire and sealed almost seamlessly. It had taken a hacksaw to get through it. The young officer could still see the blade serrations in the rubber. The wire ends glistened like silvery periods in a congealed black sauce. A naval code always had to be where the captain could destroy it if the ship were going down. They were usually in an unlocked safe adjacent to a shredder, to lose a codebook meant compromising the communications of an entire fleet. It was not for a ship, definitely not one at war. Yet it was a ship's code. And the striking thing about the pouch, the one thing the young officer saw, was that there was no way to enter the pouch without hacking into it, wrecking it. Why? What purpose would that serve? Who would it serve? someone who absolutely had to know with certainty that no one else had seen its contents first and then put it back to watch him. It was for a spy. The young officer had studied World War II, and he had a question now for the curator, something that bothered him. He phoned. Didn't we get all the spies during World War II? We got them, didn't we? During? We got them at the outset. It was one of the great counter-espionage feats of history. I think the FBI rounded up over a thousand spies in the first weeks of the war. Outset, right? Not at the end. Had to be. Not one recorded successful act of espionage or sabotage during the entire war. That's what I thought, said the young officer. But how do we know who we didn't get? The pouch was not going back to a museum. He was preparing its transfer to the FBI. That was his first intimation that this season at Newport was not going to be the vacation he had promised his wife, with the sailing, the horse shows, the tennis matches, the formal balls on vast lawns, and the America's Cup. 
Some of the background information about espionage and U-boats was still classified, even though the Navy Department was trying to open up all files older than 20 years. But other facts he could take out of a public library. Because of Dunitz's U-boats, the war that was supposed to be over there had really been over here, although newsreel cameramen and newspapers were not allowed to cover the carnage just off places like Jones Beach in New York or Myrtle Beach in South Carolina. It would, as one high-level communication said, devastate the morale of an American public already well shaken by Pearl Harbor.